What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Rivalry. It is episode number 12. So Kyle and I are here, and we're going to talk some college football championship game, LSU and Clemson. We're going to talk the NFL playoffs, Illini basketball getting ranked, big news. And I'll finish with some MLB news. Obviously, if anybody's been paying attention, some big news came out in uh, Major League Baseball the last couple days. So um, got a lot to get to tonight, and uh, let's go. All right, everybody. So we got a uh, lot to get to. Um, you know, Mike, I think the first thing that, you know, comes to mind is the, the game last night. I thought it was a, a pretty solid game across the board. Um, you know, I think LSU ended up just showing how powerful their offense was. But uh, what's, uh, what's your thoughts on the game last night? I mean, I think LSU just kind of – May, proved what everybody was thinking is that they're just on another level this year. I mean, they were far and above. I know as a Bama fan, you probably wouldn't say far and above, but I mean, they just are a different animal than, than other teams. Clem, that Clemson team is good, and they played with LSU for, what, a half, maybe three quarters? I'll give them three quarters. Ish. But, yeah, but I mean, it was, you could definitely tell that after LSU's like first two or three possessions where they kind of, were three and out or faltered a little bit that once they got rolling, I mean, they weren't going to be stopped and, and it was all Clemson could do to kind of try and score with them. So and Burroughs a stud, man. I mean, that was ridiculous. Six touchdowns, 60 on the year passing 64 total. Like it was just unreal. Best probably quarterback college quarterback season we've ever seen. Yeah. I mean, I think you hit it on the head. I, uh, I've been I've been hard on Joe Burrow. Um, he just for some reason doesn't do it for me. I don't know if it's his face or it must be the what. sixty touchdowns or something. It, it, yeah, it must be the sixty touchdowns. But no, I mean I, I've I've kind of been you know pretty um, pretty up and down on him. I mean I thought he was good, but I, I just didn't I didn't realize he was this good. Um, but I will say that you know I think LSU's receivers are also the best. They probably got three um, so, NFLers on that roster. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, when, when you add that into the mix, you know, in, in my opinion, they had probably the most exciting offense that we've seen in college football. I mean, yet. Um, and then, you know, attribute their defense as well. I mean, you know, once they figured out what Clemson was trying to do, I mean, they, they, from, you know, I'd say midway through the second quarter, um, you know, really just kind of stalled them. I mean, on almost every drive and, you know, made Trevor Lawrence look like, you know, he didn't know what was, what he was doing. And, yeah. you know, for them to, to do that, I think was, you know, really just kind of like a, in my opinion, a, a game that they had been wanting to play. Um, they wanted to show they were the best and ended up doing that. Um, I will say that, you know, Clemson came out with a great game plan. Like I knew they would, I mean, they, you know, that was a great job. Um, and they were, you know, forcing them into like, I mean, their first couple possessions were, you know, from the five yard line. Um, so, I mean, they they had a good plan. And I think, you know, that just shows to the caliber of team that LSU was to, you know, make adjustments and then get, you know, things clicking. And they're they're just that offense that's like, you know, one big play away from just starting right. to roll. And, you know, whenever they got that first touchdown <clears throat> over the top, I mean, it was just kind of like, all right, here we go. 
And, you know, hopefully Clemson can keep up. And I think we saw that, you know, they just they didn't have the firepower that LSU has. So, I mean, I will say that, you know, the first or the team that gave them the best game was Alabama with a uh, quarterback on one leg and, you know, some some key defensive players out. Oh, God. Yeah, you also got to play them at home. That's neither here nor there. That's neither here nor there. Uh, you know, all props to, to LSU. Um, you know, I thought it was pretty sweet that Joe Burrow was smoking a, c- or a cigar at the end of the game. Uh, that was that was pretty tough. But, uh, but no, I mean, it was, uh, you know, it was, it was a really good game. Um, I'm just glad that, you know, they, they did hang around and that it was, you know, a full, full kind of game to, to watch. Right. It wasn't a blowout from the get-go or anything. Like, it was... It was an exciting game to watch, and then obviously late LSU pulls away. But I've got Joe Burrow's season stats pulled up right now. Like it's the one that sticks out the most. Obviously, sixty touchdowns is a lot, and over five hundred or over five thousand six hundred yards passing. But seventy six percent completion. I don't care how good your receivers are, just to be that accurate. I couldn't throw to a a uh, wide open person in practice and hit 76% of my passes. (laughs) But like, that's insane, dude. And it's not like he's throwing everything's a two to three yard little screen pass. Like his average yard per, per completion is over 10. Okay. So he, that's average. So he's got to be driving it down the field a little bit, but so that's the one that sticks out to me. I mean, it's just, that's the best, best season we've seen from a quarterback at least I've ever seen from a college quarterback. And I've heard other people say it, you know, other um, experts and stuff have mentioned that, that he may have had just the the best college quarterback season ever. And, but I think the best part about LSU winning has to be Coach O, man. Like he, I love him so much, dude. Like go Tigers. Go like, Tigers. He's the stud, man. And like, yeah. And you said it, Burrow smoking the stogie after the game. And it's just, that that LSU team was cool, is what I would say, and it's not. I get LSU is always good, but I was happy to not see. I don't have anything against Clemson, but nobody wants. I don't want to see them win three out of the last four, and so it was. We finally got past the Clemson, uh, Alabama, and Ohio State, and got you know kind of some new blood up there in the CFP. And uh, but the scary thing is, is I don't know the LSU's going anywhere. I think Coach O's got. He'll have a good uh, recruiting process after this. I would say. Man, I just loved how every single player, it was like everything, every, everybody talked about this is for the state of Louisiana. Like you can just like feel the, just, I, I think that hometown, you know, sort of, sort of like, hey, we're playing for a state. And I think everybody rallies around that. And, you know, Coach O, I, I mean, he's dedicated to that program. Couldn't have, you know, couldn't have, it couldn't have happened to a better guy, in my opinion. Um, just shotgun and Red Bulls. Dude, he's, 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 he's crazy. Um, but no, I think, you know, one thing that, so Joe Burrow and how accurate of a passer he is. I mean, that's, that's unbelievable. 60 touchdowns. And I think like six interceptions, that's stupid. Um, but then on top of that, let's, let's also add in the fact that he can scramble and pick up those third downs when they need to. I mean that he's, he's, Really, those are the things that I don't think people, you know, kind of also think about is like, hey, he can, you know, he can pass. He, he, he finds the right receiver. But then if nobody's open, I mean, he's going to get you, you know, five to ten yards. 
Yeah, like I knew he was a more. decent runner, but yeah, last night he he showed some speed and and agility that I didn't know quite that he had that much athleticism. So, yeah, dude, I think. I mean, he was already probably going to be the number one overall pick. There were probably some people still thinking Tua was better. And remember last year, it was all the like the beginning of this NFL season. It was tank for Tua and tank for Tua and stuff. And I'm saying Tua is great, and he'll be. I think he'll be a good NFL quarterback. But even healthy Tua, I don't think compares to this Joe Burrow that we're seeing right now. So no, because um, you know. When when you look at Alabama, I mean, they had probably their best receiving core that they've had as well yeah. this year. Um, and I think that, you know, it just – it goes back to, I mean, you know, when you can complete three out of four passes every single time and, and average that, um, it's really hard to stop, you know. <laughs> it's really hard to stop, right? Because if that's the case, uh, throw every, every, every single down. <laughs> you know, right. I mean, you're going to complete three out of four. And um, and they said that LSU, I mean, they scored more points this year than any other team. So not only, you know, is that Joe Burrow setting all these records, but their complete offense was the best that we've sure. ever seen. And, you know, their defense is, is solid as well. So, yeah, I mean, I thought it was just, you know, the, in my opinion, the season, like best team won. Do I feel like there could have been, you know, some other teams in the playoffs? Maybe. Um, but you know, all in all, I think it was a, a really good season. I think we got to see a lot of great, you know, great football. And you know, I, I just I, I find it I find it fun whenever the, the best team comes out on top. So, and that was yeah. definitely LSU this year, right? And I love that they. I mean, you can't even make the argument that they you know got in the playoffs because they were undefeated. But like, they I mean they played if not the toughest, one of the toughest schedules all year too. So, um, yeah, they they definitely earned it and. Did you see o- OBJ after the game just passing out wads of cash? <laughs> like, yeah, OBJ, you might want to hold on to that cash, dude. Like, I don't know how much longer you'll have did it. You see what, did you see what they? Did you see what they said? Is that it was fake money? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it was. Like, like what? First off, what are you doing, you idiot? Like, these are college players. We we aren't. We we haven't passed legislation yet. That these guys <laughs> can take money, so you're just ruining kids kids' careers. But then exactly what you said like hey you better save some of that because you're irrelevant on the browns so no doubt. No doubt. like you're the number two receiver behind jarvis landry <laughs> definitely but, number two so here's what i was thinking like everybody's kind of like i saw some memes of like joe burrow smiling it's like after you win the college championship and the next memes him like not looking that happy and it's like then you realize you get drafted by the Bengals. I don't know that that Bengals getting drafted by the Bengals is that bad of a spot for him. Like, there's been a lot worse teams with the number one overall pick. I feel like the Bengals obviously were bad this year, but they have a they have good running backs. They have he's gonna have AJ a healthy AJ Green hopefully next year and Tyler Boyd. Like, they've got decent weapons. Um, I don't I think there's worse places that he could end up going to. Um. So and they got they'll have a second year head coach. So depending on how how he really is, could determine that. But uh, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not sold that the Bengals are a bad spot for him to go to. So no, yeah. I mean there's there, there's definitely worse places that he could end up. Um, the only thing I would say is that uh, I don't know that the Bengals fan base is that you know um, great and. Cincinnati's not a bad time, but I mean, I don't know that it would be oh, a premier yeah. destination to, to go to. But but you're the number one overall pick. 
Right. Um, I mean, Miami yeah. can't have the number one pick every year. Well, <laughs> so there's a lot of people that are like, hey, you know what? Like, Miami needs to do whatever they can to, uh, you know, give give Cincinnati whoever they want and go get uh, Burrow and, and, and build around him. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think it'll – I think it'll be a good place for him. Um, you know, I, I was talking that, strictly football wise. Yeah, I don't. No, I mean, I think that I, I think you're right. There's a lot of weapons. The only thing is that the defense isn't very good as well. Um, but you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of moves they can make, and I think you know, finding a quarterback is really the most important. And then once you get that piece, like hopefully they can build around him and you know give him three to four years. Hopefully he's. Uh, you know, in a good situation to where, where they're making the playoffs and, and making some runs deep in the, you know, playoffs. So, sure. So, all right, man. How about that Chiefs comeback over Dude, that the was weekend? Insane. That <laughs> like, was absolutely insane. I like, literally was busy. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch the very beginning. I literally turned my TV on. It was 24 to nothing. And then three minutes later, it was 24 21. Like, three minutes, three touchdowns. It was insane. Like, don't, the Texans, like, I get, okay, so it's 24 to 7, and you fake punt in your own territory on, like, a fourth. It's not a fourth and one. You got to get, like, five yards. And I understand, I guess, the mentality of, hey, this is our chance to beat a team better than us. We can't let up. We have to stay the aggressors. You also just gave the best offense in the league short field to get close, and then you fumble the return, and I just – that fake punt, everything went downhill right after that. Well, the big thing that – so I watched the whole game. I watched it from, from kickoff. And, I mean, the, the bounces were going Texans' way. Um, I feel like the Texans the entire year have been, hey, let's start really slow getting a hole and then try to, you know, claw our way back and, and, and somehow pull off a win. Um, that's mostly, you know, kind of what they've done. So – all of a sudden, they're getting the breaks. Um, you know, they're 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 getting some 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 good bounces their way. They're up, you know, twenty four nothing. And if if I'm if I'm coaching the Texans, I know that the Chiefs are going to go on a run. Like that's just that's the Chiefs. Like their their offense is way too powerful and way too quick that they can score in a matter of you know a couple plays. So like. I'm not, like you said, I'm not being super aggressive. If I have a lead, I'm trying to hold that. I'm trying to hold the ball at this point and eat up some of the clock because the clock is your friend at that, you know, at that level when, you know, you're up 24 seven or, or whatever. Um, yeah. Whenever they, they did that fake pun, I was just like, what are you doing? Like, why would you, why would you even take that risk? Because if you don't get it and they score, like now it's, you know, relatively back in the game pretty easy. Um, so I, I think that, you know, for me, it just kind of baffled me that like, okay, you know, they're going to come back and score like 24 points isn't going to win that game. Like, I think everybody knew that, like it was going to be 30, 40 points was going to, you know, be, be what, what you had to do in order to, to win that game. And so 52 kinda, to be exact. Well, <laughs> yeah, but so the, cra- the crazy thing is, is that was, um, I think that's the most points the chiefs put up, uh, this year. And it was in a matter of two and a half quarters. So, like the fact that the fact that your defense can give up fifty-two points in two quarters, like it, it, it just you know that that to me kind of was the Texans team that I thought they were, and they had just been. It seemed like every game 
something would, you know, end up bouncing their way and then they'd find a way to, to will themselves back in the game. But, um, you know, Mahomes just kind of put the, the gas pedal down and, and didn't look back. And I, I, I saw some memes that were like, hey, hear me out. Hear me out. It's Travis Kelsey talking to, uh, yep, yep. to uh, Patrick Mahomes. He's like, hear me out. Let's spot them 24 points and then we'll actually play. And I feel like that's really kind of what they did. And like, that's so sick, but um, yeah, it was, it was a really crazy game to watch Um, a lot of fun. And, you know, I think the chiefs are, you know, in a a really good spot to, to kind of walk to the Super Bowl. This, this chiefs Titans game. I'm, I'm not saying that I'm not betting against the Titans right now. This Chiefs-Titans game, if you want to talk about polar opposites on the spectrum of offense, like it, which one of those styles is going to win out? But real quickly, back on that Texas game, just think about this. Three quarters, so take out the first quarter of that Texans-Chiefs game, the Texans lost 51-7. to Like, that's insane. You got beat 51-7 to in three quarters. And you're a playoff, you won a game in the playoffs. Like, so you're not a scrub. And you lost 51-7 to seven in three quarters. And if there was ever a time to go for it, when they were up 21 nothing, instead of kicking that field goal, when you're in their territory, that's when you go for it on fourth down and you try and put the, th- the throttle down. Not in deep in your own territory on a fake punt that you got to get five to six yards. But I just, I, as soon as he did that, made that decision, I was, this game's over. As soon as they didn't get it, the game was over. I didn't think it was going to no, happen I, the way I, it did, I, but I didn't yeah. think it was going to get that lopsided. But well, it was just you know some of the weird bounces and so like the punt. I mean, what the the Chiefs dropped the punt, the Texans returned it, or was it the opposite way? That's uh, what happened early. So right I, after the fake punt, the Chiefs score the very the onswing kickoff. The Texans fumble right back to them. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just, it's, it's like everything that could go wrong did go wrong. And then everything that, you know, the, the chiefs needed ended up kind of panning out, but right. yeah, I mean, it was a, uh, it was a pretty crazy game. Um, but I mean, you know, I think that, I think, like I said, I mean, we knew it was going to take points to win. Um, it seemed like, you know, the, the Texans, uh, kind of went went away from that, and and I, I mean I I don't know that like their offense really was you know clicking. It was more so like I mean a couple lucky breaks, but right. Um, yeah, it wasn't yeah. like they I were mean, driving at eighty five yards every time to score right. against the Chiefs either. But I still give props to Deshaun Watson. I mean he you know he is one of the elite I would say athletic QBs in the league. He's going to have you know long long career, and um, you know I think that I think that hopefully. Um, they can build their their roster as well, and I think they'll be back in the playoffs next year. But um, Chiefs were just too much, and I really don't know. I, I I would love to see I would love to see the high powered Chiefs against the just you know force that is the uh, the San Francisco 49ers defense. I think that's the Super Bowl everybody wants to see at this point. Obviously, without with take out a few uh, Midwestern Green Bay and Nashville fans, but Kansas City 49ers is the the game that the people who have no dog in the race want to see. Yep. You know what I mean? It, just like everybody wanted to see Chiefs-Ravens, I think, to get to the Super Bowl. But I'm oh, telling man. you, man, this, this Titans team, 
Like, if they can run the – which I, that Chiefs defense isn't that great. Like, so if they can run the ball and control the clock and have long, sustained drives, all they have to do is be in that game at the end. And I don't think that they'll allow the Chiefs to have the ball enough to blow them out. That being said, all the Chiefs got to do is get a couple of stops and it could be over. It, but. Well, the Titans can get up, you know, early. I mean, that's ideal for them. Um, if they get down, I think that hurts them. But, uh, I mean, Derrick Henry's just been an unreal, um, unreal running back at this point. Like, he is so fun to watch. He's so big, so fast, so strong. I mean, it's just it's, – it's, it's unfair. It's unfair to look – I mean, he compare, – compare him standing up next to J.J. Watt, and it's really pretty much the same person. Like – I mean, but one of them at, can run like a four four forty. Right, right. I mean, it's just it's it's insane to me when you just look at like the you look at like them in the huddle, and it'll be the offensive lineman, and then Derrick Henry's on the other side, and you're like, dude, you're on the wrong side, man. You should be on the you should be on the offensive line side. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I think that that'll be a good game. I'm excited for that. But dude, the freaking Ravens! What in the world happened to them? Okay, so I know I picked them to go to the Super Bowl and lose to the 49ers. But if you remember, like, a, a couple podcasts before that, I was talking and, like, remembered it while, while that was happening. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot I even said that. The same thing kind of happened to the Chiefs last year. They didn't lose to a team like the Titans, but everything went right for them. They were, one of, they were the best regular season team. You know what I mean? Like, it, I didn't see anybody beating them. And then they get into the playoffs – and it's a little bit different ball game, and they 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 get beat, and they you know kind of everybody's disappointed. So it's like and then they come back this year, and they're just a better overall team. They maybe don't have the outstanding regular season that they had the year before, but they're a better, more built for the playoffs kind of team. And I think that may happen to the Ravens. Sometimes these teams that come out of nowhere like this and get so much success early, um, th- they need to take a loss like this, and then it's just going to make them better in the long run. So. Uh, I think it was no, just... I, would, I would definitely agree with that. I think, uh, like, when I was watching the game, I just felt like the Ravens, you know, they, they kind of had the mentality of, like, okay, well, you know, Lamar's going to Lamar's gonna do something. You know, I mean, like, everything was, you know, kind of like, well, we're, we're just waiting on something to happen. We're, Lamar, will, Lamar will do it. He'll find, you know, a long run or, or something along those lines. Like, we'll be fine. And... I think that, you know, the strategy there is, like, you don't count on that. Like, when that happens, that's, you know, a, a great thing for your team. But you still have to establish, you know, the run, which they could not get going. Um, you still have to, you know, get get your, I would say, just kind of, like, sustaining drives put together. And they just could not do that. And, I mean, they're one of those teams that goes for it on, you know, fourth down, and they've had success. And guess what? didn't end up executing and you know a couple of those I felt like cost them and they don't know what to do in that situation it's just you know it's kind of like if things have gone your way the entire season and you you know kind of rely on yeah that's just what we do like that's just going to happen um sooner or later that kind of bites you so I I think you're right when when you're saying like you know this will be a good learning lesson for them hopefully um and hopefully they come back with, you know, uh, a little more, I would say, 
of a chip on their shoulder and, you know, kind of like, Hey, you know what? Like we are good. We have the talent. We just have to execute and we can't just rely on, you know, pure athleticism. Yeah. Uh, and you can't take anything for granted basically. You know what I mean? I, I feel like they took, yeah. not trying to say they took the Titans for granted or overlooked them, but I think they felt probably like they got a huge break with the Titans upsetting the Patriots and they were looking to an AFC championship matchup against the chiefs and they come out and this, that Titans team is unrelenting and just going to keep pounding it down your throat. And they just hadn't experienced that yet. I don't think, and, and weren't ready for it. Well, my but. favorite thing about the Titans is that, you know what? Like they, they got a huge chip on their shoulder and as they should, you know, I mean, like they've played three really tough emotional games and, you know, come out on top. And so I think that, you know, I think they're in a good spot, but, you know, when it comes down to it, I just think that it's it's going to be really tough to match um, Kansas City's offense. So, yeah, kind of how that goes. I think it'll be it'll be an interesting game to watch just to see which one of those styles prevails, um, and, and see how that goes. If it's a close game or it could be a blowout. But on the NFC side, I just mean I think that Forty Nine team is just too good. But in the same breath, as much as it pains me to say, it, it's Aaron Rodgers, and like I don't put anything past his ability. I just, I don't think the Packers as a team have enough to beat that 49er team. But let's be honest, like Packers at Lambeau. Yeah. Like there, there, there's, there's definitely a chance and they're going to play well. No, they're at um, San Francisco. No, I, I know. That's oh, you're talking like, about this past week. This, this game, like yeah. I, I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, surprised that they played well. Go, you know, go on the road. Aaron Rodgers, like 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 you're saying, I mean, when you look at just the the talent around him, yes, he's he's a great quarterback, but um, I think it's you know a completely different ball game getting outside of Lambeau, and so I just don't see them don't see them uh, ending up ending up taking taking care of business, but um, we'll see. Fingers crossed that we Fingers. get. Fingers freaking crossed, man. Let's yeah. let's hope not, because that would not be that would not be the team I'd want to see in the Super Bowl. No, so I'm hoping we get Niners Chiefs, but even if we get Niners Titans, even that would be to me it'd be a fun game to watch to see that Derek Derek Henry go up against that Niners defense and and see how that turned out. But I just man, I don't I don't see the Titans being able to score enough or slow down the Chiefs enough. So. Um, Chiefs 49ers would be a great Super Bowl and uh, hopefully that's what we get so but uh, let's go Illinois basketball man finally got ranked again first time they've been ranked in the AP top 25 since 2014-15 when they won their first six games that year and got ranked um, I didn't know if it was going to happen with the losses to Miami and Missouri but They've overcome that kind of with you know the Wisconsin road wins big big win at Purdue or against Purdue, take care of a good Rutgers team like they're just after those bad losses they're taking care of business when they're supposed to basically they're beating the teams they're supposed to and not slipping up. Man, you know it's it's crazy the parallels of the programs because I feel like it's almost kind of like the Illinois football season. They've started to get a little confidence. They've started to really kind of 
you know, say like, hey, we can play with pretty much anybody. And that's so dangerous. When, when a team adapts and a team takes on that personality, like, you know, the, the game plan becomes, you know, a lot easier to execute. And you just kind of have more people showing. I, I think that, you know, the, the big thing I would say with Illinois basketball right now is heart. I think we're seeing a lot of heart from the guys. And, you know, that, that to me carries a team in these, you know, tough, tough games where you're, you know, it's close down the stretch. I mean, I, I just find it very interesting when we look at, you know, Illinois football this season and how they got on their run and how that, you know, how much confidence kind of um, led them through that season. And then, you know, kind of what we're seeing from the team now. And hopefully, hopefully this ranking doesn't, you know, allow them to let up. Hopefully what they do is they, they kind of take it as a validation of like, Hey, you know what? We know we're good. Everybody else is starting to see that we're good. And like, we're only going to get better. That's, that's what I hope that ranking does, but I don't want to see, you know, you become complacent with, yeah, we're good. We've got the ranking and we're going to, you know, take care of business. Like we have been like, let's, let's think about what got us here and keep doing that. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Well, so that's what worries me is so, Ranking comes out. We get in the top 25, right? It's a big deal. Everybody's feeling good about themselves. And then now we have basically a week off. We don't play again until Saturday. Play Northwestern, the worst team in the Big Ten. Basically the only team in the Big Ten that's really just not that good. And it's just set up for a letdown. You know what I mean? Like you had this much time off. Uh, You're feeling a little good about yourself. You may look past the Northwestern. Because then after Northwestern... Uh, you go on the road against Purdue and Michigan. So two teams we've beat already at home. And so they're going to want revenge. You, you're looking to those games. Purdue's coming off a big win against Michigan State. It's just this Northwestern game is super scary to me because it, it's the recipe for a letdown. Yeah, I think that's I, – I, but the good thing with that, hopefully, is that when you are – across the board, more athletic at every position, better at every position. Hopefully what you do is you get a game plan that works. So hopefully Frank and uh, Frank and staff have, um, you know, some pretty good uh, Frankie, Frankie boy. Um, but no, I mean, I think there is what you can rely on is just like, Hey, let's, let's go back to the fundamentals and just play basketball. And let's, let's not worry about how we're doing it, but let's just like do it. Let's just take care of business. And so I think that what we'll see is we'll see, you know, a lot of, um, a lot of, you know, design plays. Um, I think that, you know, if they can get up early, that's going to help them obviously. But um, yeah, I mean, it's, it is always a worry when you play these teams of just kind of you're riding high oh, yeah, we've got this game. And, you know, if you come in there and, and you get, you know, punched in the mouth in the first half, like, that's that's not what we want to see. That's not what you're, where you want to be. So hopefully, you know, we have a good good strategy to, uh, you know, kind of take that first half and then ride that momentum. Well, that's the thing is so, yeah, usually these kind of games, it's – so it's like it's Northwestern Super Bowl, right? They have nothing to play for this year at this point. Uh, you know, it's the inter, it's the interstate rivalry for them. Yeah, you know, it's a big deal for them to go to Illinois and win that game. So it's a bigger game for them than it is us. 
And usually what happens in those games is Northwestern's going to come out and they're going to punch us in the mouth and they're going to get maybe up. The The key is to just not is to weather that storm and not let them get up too big to where you can't come back. And then, you know, you let your talent and the game kind of calm down a little bit and you, and you take care of business. So it, it's just, I don't think we'll lose to them, but it is a little scary game, I think. Um, and one, I hope they don't look past. And then, you know, you got Purdue and Michigan next week who are two beatable teams, even on the road. So um, I'm excited to see where Illinois basketball goes from here. I'd like to see him distress defense against Northwestern. Like, you know, I mean, uh, I was talking about. Well, I think that's what started this run is defense. But, well, and and so so that's where I'm at with it is just like, hey, let's let's just come out here and let's just, like, get stops. That's, That's our game plan. If we get stops, like, we will win this game because we're better offensively. But, like, our main goal is to take care of business on the defensive side. Yeah, and I think that's what spurred kind of this little um, three-game win streak that, they, that they're that they on is they've really ratcheted up the defense. and Because defense can – if you're having a bad shooting night but you can stay in a game because you know, you're holding them, then that, it fixes a lot of ailments and stuff and shooting ailments that you may have. So, yeah, it's just uh, – they got a stretch here, three more games that they could win, could move up even higher in the in the rankings, and I hope that they can do that and stuff. So, I, I love I love the support the fan base is getting right now. Like, there's a lot of buzz going around Champagne. I know. Uh, shout out my aunt Ann. She's uh, she's pumped with 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 kind of how things are going, and you know, just everybody that I mean, even on my Facebook feed, there's some people that. You know, don't really share too much, but all of a sudden, you know, they've they've started to get on board with, you know, hey, hey, the line eyes, you know, back, we're 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 seeing some success, and so I think that that buzz is going to also, um, just like a football team, kind of, you know, keep going, and and hopefully, you know, with these home games, I mean, the line eyes tough at home, and I think everybody's, you know, been waiting for this, so hopefully they can just keep things going, and I think that, you know, the that the better. The better the the, the team um, feels in terms of like defense, then I think it's going to be I think it's going to be pretty exciting, man. I can see I can see you know, like we were talking about is is this team a tournament team? Like you know I mean like that was only like two or three weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you know in my mind I think that you know lots changed and I think that they've really hit their stride and so hopefully we haven't hit our stride you know too early um, that you know we can keep this going. Yeah, for sure. So, be exciting next uh, couple of weeks and stuff. So, we'll uh, we'll keep a lookout for that. And then, uh, so I mean, yesterday some big news came out in Major League Baseball. I've got to touch on it. The Astros general manager Jeff Lunau and manager AJ Hinch got suspended by the league for the entire 2020 season, and this is. Um, based on them cheating basically during the 2017 world series season. Um, you ain't cheating. You ain't trying. I mean, baseball has got a real problem with cheating, man. Like every era basically has something attached to it, you know, and it's just, it's ridiculous. And so basically what they were doing is they were using a camera out in center field to, uh, zoom in and film the catcher giving signs and then texting that or relaying video to the clubhouse 
where they would then decipher the signs and bang on a trash can basically to let the hitter know if it was going to be a fastball or off speed. So that's a huge advantage as a hitter. And so they got accused of that. They did an investigation and came back that, yes, they were doing it. It was player-driven, but the manager and general manager both knew about it and didn't do anything to stop it. So they get suspended. Well, so the owner, Jim Crane, comes out and just fires both. And I'm sure it's just him trying to save face. You know, he says he he didn't know anything about it. They didn't find that he knew anything about it. Um, They lost a couple draft picks, and they got fined $5 million, which is nothing to a Major League Baseball owner. But uh, this sucks for multiple reasons. And I think the main one is it feels, even though those, those two people got fired, it feels like it doesn't punish Astros, the, the team, or the fan base at all. Which I don't, you know, not to punish or not to punish the fan base, but the the Dodgers are who they beat in the World Series that year. They also the next year the Dodgers lose to the Red Sox, who are also under investigation right now. And actually, right before we came on to do this, the Red Sox fired their manager Alex Cora, who was on the bench for that Astros team that was cheating. So kind of like he took it to the Red Sox with him. So another World Series team that won and beat the Dodgers. So if you're a Dodgers fan, I can only imagine how you feel right now because you're not going to get the ring. You don't feel like you earned it because you didn't win. But when the team, it's like losing a championship game and you find out five years later that that team was cheating. What's that do for you right now? All it does is just bring up bad memories and piss you off again that you lost to them. Um, so I don't know where baseball goes from here because I know what's going to happen is more teams are going to come out that they were cheating. These two teams got caught and cause they had eyes on them because they won the world series. Okay. And now I know they're not the only two teams doing that or using electronics to cheat. So it's going to come out more teams and I just pray and hope that the Cardinals weren't doing it. I'm going to give them a bit of the doubt that they weren't. I hope nobody else was doing it, but I just know that that's probably not the case. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's it's definitely disappointing. Um, you know, one thing that one thing that I always kind of like, you know, I mean, obviously the Patriots have been accused of some cheaters. Um, and, you know, it, it it it's not it's not the look you want. I feel like sometimes it's that people think they're so much smarter than everybody else and that they're not going to get caught. And I hate that mentality. Um, but I think that it's so pressure driven. I mean, like everybody is just all about winning that it's not about the integrity of the game anymore. It's about, you know, making sure that they have the edge over every single, you know, team that they play. Um, but for, for, for baseball, I mean, you know, I, I don't know what you think about this. Um, obviously, you're a little probably more of an intense baseball fan than I am. But I think that this what, what this says to me is that there is a call to action in terms of changing um, the way that, you know, there is communication between the pitcher and the catcher um, and, you know, the pitching coach or, or, or whatever the dugout. So if we look at, you know, how the NFL is is operated, there's you know, there's mics in, in, in the helmets. Um, I don't know what you think about this, but this is kind of my play or my, my, my opinion on it is I don't understand why 
like the pitcher couldn't have, you know, some type of, of you know, device in, in his ear. The catcher has something in his ear. And like one of the coaches has something in, in you know, his ear. And so they're communicating based on this, you know, sort of um, network. And so basically, the you know, the coach would be relaying the, the call to the pitcher and the catcher. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, just just the way that technology is advanced. Um, in these sports, I think that that also has to have an effect on how we look at, you know, these, these, these things. And so for me, when you're using hand gestures, guess what? Like people used to use hand gestures in the NFL. Guess what? People figured that out. So now they're into, you know, holding up these billboards or or whatever, or not billboards, but signs. Um, so we have to evolve in terms of sport, um, to, to keep up with the times. And so I, I definitely don't think it would be a problem to allow some type of communication um, on a private network with, you know, the pitcher catcher and and the coach to, to really kind of, you know, make sure that there is no interference. Um, And, you know, that's, that's something that I think like is a pretty easy fix. It's a pretty easy fix. So if that's where we're at, like, let's just do it. Yeah. So I I don't mind that idea of allowing the, coach catcher and pitcher possibly to communicate that way um honestly the way they're doing it sign stealing's always been a part of baseball and it's not illegal you can if you can get an advantage by stealing signs you can it's the using electronics to do it is the is the part that's wrong about it um but it's always been that case. I remember when I was in high school, if you were on second base and you could look in and see what the catcher was calling, you know, we had, um, you lean one way or the other to let the hitter know if it was going to be inside, outside, off speed, fastball. Like that's always been a part of baseball. It's the fact of using electronics to help do that is where it's cheating. But that's, that's what I'm saying is that like, I feel that's a flaw in the sport because you know, when, the good old days, right? Like there was no electronics that were being used. So if you say that, Hey, if you can figure out a way to like get the signs, then that's to your advantage. Well, if you put that as the president of, you know, kind of like, Hey, if, if you can figure it out, then do it. Like people are going to figure it out one way or the yeah, other. But there is, so you're- there is, there is writing that says you can't use electronics to do it. It's not like it was an unwritten rule. It was a written rule. No, but I'm just saying. This. So, so, but, but what you're saying is that, like, hey, that's that's kind of the way it is. And if you can get away with it, then, you, like, if you can find a way to do that, then more power to you. So, guess what that means? That means people are going to push the envelope. That means that they're going to, you know, try to being, you know, deceitful and use whatever tactic they can that maybe people haven't heard of or whatever. But I just feel right. like it's if you don't set some type of of I would say, um, you know, advance advancement in the rules, then we're gonna, we're, you're always going to be, there's always going to be somebody that figures out a way to do it. And then you're going to have an unfair advantage and then they're going to get caught. They're going to get penalized. And guess what? Somebody else is going to figure out a better way to do it. And I feel like that is the biggest, you know, problem is, okay, if that's, if that's where we're at and we have the technology to do all this stuff, well, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to say, guess what? We're going to take away people actually, you know, placing calls with their, you know, hand gestures or whatever, and nobody can really cheat. I mean, what are you going to do? Intercept the, 
you know, yeah, I mean, the channel that they're on or... way to to gain an advantage illegally. Somebody's there's always cheaters out there that are willing to try it until they get caught. And I think the real issue is so yeah, this punishment it may deter teams and from doing it anymore or teams that hadn't done it to do it. But my problem with it is, and I don't know how you do it. I don't have the answer, but this isn't a punishment to the Astros. Yeah. Those two guys got fired and and maybe they were really good at their job. So you have to go find another manager and general manager. Like I get that. And that was honestly the owner's decision to fire them. Not even major league baseball, but the point is they still, they still all get their rings. They still get to hang a banner, okay? Like, they're still World Series champions, and 10, 15 years from now, is anybody going to remember that, oh, yeah, they cheated that year? You know what I mean? Like, it's just going to be another ring and another banner. No, because there'll be another another cheating scandal. That's what I'm saying. There's already been another one after that one in the Red Sox the very next year. Well, and so so that's, I mean, when you look at it, right, I, I think it comes down to dollars. So, like, Championships all like always are attached to you know how many people are in the in, in attendance you know what's the you know ticket sales what's the merchandise sales I mean that is like so just what you're saying like find five million dollars like worth it to me you know what I mean like as an organization right. worth it to me um, slap on the wrist having to go through and find new managers guess what like they go through managers like you know doesn't really matter who's coaching as long as you can have the players or, or whatever. I mean, there is some advantage to some coaches, but I feel like there's always a coach you can replace. It's one of those, you know, kind of positions that, Hey, yeah, they, they do a really good job, but at the same time we could bring somebody else in with the talent that we have. So I think that's where I, I stand on it is like, there has to be some type of change in terms of how pitchers and catchers and coaches communicate in order to allow no interference from, you know, other teams. And I I feel like, you know, football has done that. Um, Basketball, I mean, you know, they call plays, but I feel like it's, you know, very less frequent, right? So, um, you know, that's that's not really a big deal. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just something to to kind of, you know, take into consideration when you look at just sports in general in this era versus, you know, all the other eras. And, some people are, you know, really sticklers about like keeping, you know, the old school baseball and, you know, this is how it's been played for generations and we don't want to make changes. Well, if if we keep that mindset, we're going to also having to, to keep having these scandals and keep having people, you know, right. trying to, to figure out um, what's the next best way to get an advantage. And when you have this much money that's going around, I think that it's just really hard to, to kind of um nail down a a solution but then b uh, you know you're exactly right when it's like there's there's no real repercussions other than hey guess what i i coached the team i got you know fired because i got you know a cheating scandal but in five years or you know three years guess what i'll be on another roster there'll be another team that's doing the same thing and it'll justify you know my actions and then i'll be you know back in the spotlight yeah i mean that's what i'm saying there's just I don't know the answer to how you punish because, okay, you take away their ring and their banner and what you give it to the Dodgers. They don't want it because it's not the same. Well, so, so that would, that would bring me to the question that I would ask is, do you feel that the teams that, that won, did they definitely win 
buy this advantage? You think that 100% if it was without that advantage, you can't say that. Right. So that's, that, that's where I think like, you know, you can't just say, Oh, well we should get the rings. It's like you lost. Yeah. Was it, you know, a cheating scandal or did they have an advantage? Yes. But at the same time, like, I mean, that Houston Astros team in 2017. It's really good. That's, that's the worst part about it is Houston. You're good, man. Like why you don't need to cheat. Like you probably, you might win the world series that year without that. I'm not going to say that. I mean, obviously it's a big advantage when you're facing a Clayton Kershaw and you know, if he's going to throw you a, a fastball or that big breaking curveball, like that's a big advantage when you know that ahead of time. I mean, you still have to hit it, but these are also professional hitters. So if they know what's coming, then they can probably hit it. So yeah, it's an advantage, but they may have won anyway without it. But, but the worst part is we'll never know that. And it just sucks all the way around, I think. And this has been a baseball problem. It, it's, you know, between pitchers putting stuff on the baseball, pine tar and spit and stuff like that, to using corked bats, to using steroids, to now it's electri- electronics to help uh, decipher what pitch is coming. It's, there's always going to be something in baseball where they push it to the limit and try and find an edge. And you're right. And it probably baseball is the one sport where there's so many different ways to gain an advantage that that's why it's probably at the biggest problem. Cause you, all you can do is fix these things after you realize it's even an issue. And that's all we'll ever be. I guess I've, 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 I've always gone back. Like, so like with the steroid era, um, my my whole thing is that you have to still hit the ball. You have to still hit the ball, even if you know it's coming, which which is an advantage. But you still have to hit the ball. Um, so you know, yes, stealing signs—that's a huge advantage. If you know there's a fastball coming, you can sit on it. But um, you know, at the end of the day, I think it's 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 kind of like where. In, in in baseball, to me, is one of the most difficult sports because. Um, somebody's throwing something at you, and you, know, you have to hit it. Um, it the ball's not standing there. There's, you know, the, like in basketball, the rims doesn't move. Um, football, I mean, people, you know, move, but you have eleven guys. Um, golf, the the ball sits on a tee. Baseball is really the only sport that you know there's a change in every single specific pitch that's thrown. Um, but yeah, I think that if you just look at kind of all the all the sports in general, there have been updates to the rules. I don't know that there's been as many updates to the rules when in in terms of baseball, and I think they need to go in that direction. No, yeah, they definitely need to get way more progressive and 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 I think they're trying. Like the automatic strike and ball is coming uh within the next couple of years. They've already changed the rule on uh, when a relief pitcher comes in, he has to face three batters minimum. So the you bring a lefty in, he faces one batter, you take him out. So that's changed to make the game a little faster. You know, the amount of mound visits the catcher can make to the pitcher is has changed. So I, I think they're trying. It's just it's baseball, and yes, it's a older generational game, and they're they're not going to move real fast on anything. But cheating's always going to be the issue there, I think, and. I don't know that that's ever going to change no matter what you do. Somebody's always going to try and find a bench because in that sport, m- almost more than any sport, your paycheck is directly uh, affected by the your personal statistics that you put up. 
so that's why these players I think are going to the edge to find advantages. So, but same thing right, with man. coaches, same thing with franchises, same thing yeah. with owners. I mean, it all we spent enough time on that, and it's not going anywhere. The Red Sox haven't got their punishment yet, but they already fired their manager. So, um, we'll see what comes of that of of their World Series title in 2018. But um, I didn't have anything else for this episode, Kyle. You got anything you want to finish on or? No, I mean, I think we, we, we covered, you know, pretty much everything. Uh, you know, I'd love to hear some of the, uh, some of the followers, their, 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 their thoughts on, on just kind of the, the overall spectrum in terms of baseball and, and what their opinions would be. But um, no, I think, uh, you know, to, to kind of end, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to these, next nfl games um but i think me and you I, we've been we've been absolutely terrible cold with our takes on on who's you know gonna win so i think like maybe what we can do is we can end with um you know your super bowl my super bowl how you think that plays out and maybe give a score so my super bowl winner is still in play i picked the 49ers i did have them beating the ravens so i'll i'll pivot and I'll pick. I'll I'll stick with my 49ers pick over the Chiefs at this point. And I'll say what's that game's the, gonna be that game's gonna be. If the 49ers are gonna win it, it's gonna be 49ers 35, Chiefs 32. Like that. I like that. Um, I I absolutely hate when we agree. Um, but I don't see. I don't see the 49ers losing. I think the, the real up in the air game is the... Yeah, but you also didn't see the Saints versus, losing. Correct. I, I, I think I'm over the century in terms of my, my pick. So uh, whoever's listening, fade whatever I'm saying. But um, <laughs> So I think 49ers, I think Chiefs. Um, I, I don't see it being that close, though. 35-32, I don't see it. So I think... I think if the Chiefs play the 49ers, I think it's relatively a 28-14 game. Chiefs? No. You think the Niners can hold the Chiefs to 14 points? I really do. I really do. And and the reason why is because the, the 49ers have just a stable of running backs. They They can manage the clock. Um, their defense can get stops when needed. Um, you know, I just, I feel like, I, I mean, the chiefs are a big play team, but you don't see they just the scored 51 and three quarters against the Texans. I get that. Like, That's why I scaled yeah. it down to 35 and 32 and four quarters. Like I said, 20, 28-14, uh, 49ers. And unfortunately, Patrick Holmes has got to wait for, for another year to get his Super Bowl. Yeah, but then next year will be the Ravens' turn, so you may never get one. Well, or the Bears. Know, the way it works. Well, there's no Bears. There's no <laughs> Bears. We didn't touch on the Bears, thank God. But, All right, know. guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, make sure to hit us up on Twitter at the Rivalry KD at the Rivalry MC. Um, make sure you're following at the Rivalry CM Clayton, so he can tell you Illinois by a million again. And at uh, Moose, the rivalry for all your hockey updates. If you if you're into that kind of thing, yeah, and absolutely. And uh, 
you know, if you're in the Charleston area, definitely hit up the the butcher shop with, you know, any, any meats that you guys are looking for, they got great meats and, uh, you know, definitely, uh, definitely go check them out. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, thanks for listening guys. And, uh, we'll see you next week.